0: Tell that I'm so lucky. Moments are precious and in life it is the smallest details that can make the most impact on someone's life and the lives of others how we treat people change them it molds them into being distant forgiving loving angry untrusting or very trusting Our impact on humankind is very important and although you may think you're a nobody or maybe you think you're a somebody all of your actions have a way of circling back call it karma call it the universe but what it really is is cause and effect the cause and grief we bring to someone eventually comes back to us in the same light the better we treat people the more gifts we received and no gift as you will see is better than chocolate. My grandparents met in a candy store, and I always thought that was the sweetest thing. My grandmother was distant, and very hesitant to be courted by my grandfather. After all, he was nicknamed Valentino. The biggest reason my grandmother was hesitant was because she was covered in scars, stemming from a fire when she was five years old that covered 75% of her body. To say the least... She was a miracle child. It impacted her in a way to be self-conscious. And although she could wear a dress, long sleeves, and no one would be the wiser, inside she knew what her exterior looked like. In fact, the hardest thing to reveal to my grandfather was her real self. When she finally did, his reply was simple. My love for you extends beyond skin deep. And the two were married, and never parted each other's side. They owned several restaurants in Philadelphia and Miami. My grandfather was hailed as the king of pizza, and the legend grew. Famous celebrities only ate at DeMiro's, including Frank Sinatra. They had four children, one of which is my mother, and the person I was closest to, Dominic, my uncle, who I have mentioned before. My grandparents departed this life in 1987. I was ten. I didn't have many years with them. I wish I had. The reason I mention this story is because of that candy shop in Philadelphia, which was owned by another Pennsylvania man, who met his wife in a candy shop in New York City after he had delivered his homemade caramels. Lancaster caramels, that is. Where my grandmother was raised. Where my mother is from. This man's impact on the world and people for some reason was magical. Maybe... His magic in that candy shop on that day my grandparents met still resided in that building. My grandfather always gave my grandmother special candies, not the most expensive kind, the ones that were significant to their meeting, love, and union. That sweet shop is known today. And before I give away who I'm talking about, I want to tell a story of how it came to be that two star-crossed lovers can find their way into each other's life. Was it his chocolates? My grandparents' chemistry? or both. Chocolate for most of us is a guilty pleasure. Not only does the effects of chocolate impact our mood, energy, and sexual function in remarkable ways, but it can positively impact our health. Chocolate stimulates and elevates moods. In fact, the experience of eating chocolate is a sensory experience, much like making love. Women that eat chocolate before making love have had better arousal and satisfaction rates. It's better known as the romance chemical. It can even raise your libido if eaten daily in a 2,000 calorie diet at 2 ounces per serving per day. It's associated with all the holidays, Easter, Halloween, and Christmas. Yes, chocolate is definitely a miracle crop where its origin can be found in Aztec and Mayan cultures, although they prepare chocolate very differently. Etymologists trace the origin of the word chocolate to the Aztec word "chocolato," which referred to a bitter drink brewed from cacao beans. The Latin name for the cacao tree, Theobromo cacao, which means food of the gods. In your minds right now, you are thinking of chocolate. And I guarantee you, by the end of this day, if you have listened to this podcast, you will have had some. Because chocolate is that addicting. But for 90% of its existence, chocolate was not consumed the way we enjoy it. It was so heavily praised for its vitality and potency that cacao beans were used as currency at one point. Do you like dark chocolate? Well, the Aztecs used to give sacrifice victims a gourd of chocolate tinged with the blood of a previous victim. How's that for some hot cocoa? Sweetened chocolate did not appear until Europeans discovered the Americas and sampled the native cuisine. Some of the most traditional Mexican foods have chocolate as a major ingredient, especially in mole. The Spanish explorer, Hernando Cortes, was welcomed by the famous Aztec king, Montezuma. And at this feast, some believe this was the first time Europeans tasted chocolate. One even wrote in his journal that it was a bitter drink for pigs. Later, Spain sweetened it with honey and sugarcane and created a similar taste that we know about today. Chocolate was a fashionable drink throughout the European elite. It was a favorite of Casanova, for he believed it had aphrodisiac properties. And he wasn't really wrong there. Not until the steam engine was created did we have mass production of chocolate in the late 1700s, but it was still a favorite of the privileged and the rich. In fact, the British soldiers during the Revolutionary War were paid with chocolate and their pay garnished because of it. The Dutch changed the chemistry by removing the fat cacao butter from the chocolate liquor, pulverizing what remained and treating it with alkaline salts to cut the bitterness. This product became known as Dutch chocolate, and soon led to the first chocolate bar credited to Joseph Fry, who in 1847 discovered that he could make a moldable chocolate paste by adding melted cacao butter back into Dutch cocoa, reversing the engineering. By 1868, a little company called Cadbury was marketing boxes of candies in England. A few years later, milk chocolate was pioneered by a man named, you guessed it, Nestle. Toward the late 1800s, a man by the name of Milton at the tender age of 14 wanted nothing more than to be a confectionery genius. He spent four years of his life under master confectioner Joseph Royer in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He moved to Philadelphia, opened a candy shop, and filed bankruptcy the following year in 1876. He then traveled to Denver, Colorado to learn how to make caramels, and then returned to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where he sold his caramels from a push cart. Exactly 10 years after his bankruptcy, he had established the Lancaster Caramel Company. In 1894, Milton dedicated his life and trade to chocolate. In 1898, he met Catherine Sweeney, also known as Kitty, in that Newark candy shop, while delivering caramels where our story began. She asked if he had made anything else, and he said yes. About four years ago, I started another company dealing in chocolates. In 1900, he sold the Lancaster Caramel Company and sold his first chocolate bar. By 1905, Milton and Kitty were married. They had completed construction on the Chocolate Company and in 1909 opened up an industry school to provide education and opportunity to orphan boys in the community. They had become successful and wealthy all because of chocolate. But Milton gave back to the community more than any other CEO on record. Having never had children, the couple invested millions of dollars into the youth and the communities near the factory. Milton and Kitty had done so much good for their fellow man and even striving above the Americas, Milton opened a sugarcane business in Cuba where he created beautiful housing and jobs for the people. Where others exploited Cubans, Milton cultivated under these principles. The more beautiful you make something which people can see and use, the more enjoyment they will get out of it. Milton truly was an innovator and a great leader. In the winter of 1911, Kitty and Milton decided to winter in Nice, France. Being an innovator, like Milton was, He purchased stateroom tickets on the White Star Line in December of 1911. He felt that if they were coming back to America, why not do it on the most innovative ship ever built, the Titanic. But Kitty fell ill, and business back home cut their trip short. And instead of boarding the Titanic, they boarded the German liner, the America. And it would seem that all the good deeds the couple had done in their own lives, especially mass-producing chocolate for all classes of people had found its way back to them and spared them. The ship they boarded, the America, was the same ship the Titanic ignored about the icebergs in the water. You see, the Titanic had a Titanic ego as well. And the minute you think your treatment of people doesn't come back to you, that's the minute you hit an iceberg. Milton's deposit check for the Titanic is on display in the community archives that bear his name. On the check, it says December 11th, 1911. Pay in the order of White Star Liner, $300. Signed, Milton Hershey. One last thing. My grandmother's favorite candies? Lancaster Caramels. After all, she was named after them. Carmela Cicero DeMiro. This show was written and produced by me with help from the writers of Durex.com's article, sex and chocolate, the ultimate guide and smithsonian.com. The brief history of chocolate by incredible writer, Amanda Feigl, please subscribe and share and rate our show. Please, please just rate our show. Just hit five stars, one star, two stars. Doesn't matter. Single Shot is produced by Shift Films and Graveyard Shift Podcast and can be found on the Podbelly.com network of podcasts or right here in Missouri on PodcastMo.com.